From Homedale to Salmon River, District 3 has several teams that don't always get their due. Stepping outside the shadows of the SIC, this is the Treasure Valley PrepCast with Logan Green. That's right. It is another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down everything going on in the 3A, 2A, and 1A ranks in District 3 in the state of Idaho. Brandon Bainey is always joined by logan green so we we took a week off people probably were wondering where the heck was the podcast last week that's right we decided because it was thanksgiving because it was the official end of the fall sports season it was kind of a natural stopping point so we took a week off but we're back and we'll be with you all through the winter uh, sports calendar as well it's it's still an exciting time right logan yeah it's you know we're lining up for basketball we've got some great basketball that we're going to talk about with some girls and um, just kind of get into that. I love basketball season. I always, people ask me, what's your favorite sport? And during football season, it's football during basketball season. It's basketball. I can never, you know, make up my mind, which one's actually my favorite. So, uh, give us about two weeks and it'll be back to being basketball season being my favorite. Yeah. Well, between you and me and, and the listeners, I guess I like basketball a lot better than football. I, I mean, I like football, but basketball is by far my favorite. So yeah, basketball is uh, it, it's it's good. It's good. It's fun. I'm I'm ready to, um, be inside, um, instead of outside. That's always nice, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. The weather hasn't been too bad lately. Uh, and this True. uh, this podcast is already going off the rails as we're talking about the weather. Real, <laughs> real scintillating <laughs> stuff. Hey, I did want to ask real quick. How was your Thanksgiving, Logan? Oh, uh, it was good. We made the the Blitz trip um to Idaho Falls. I don't even think we were there for 24 hours. I think uh, we got there around five on Wednesday and left around five on Thursday. Um, so I'm in Middleton. So, you know, what is that? Three and a half hours, four hours. It's about four hours. So yeah. uh, that, that was ours. Where'd you guys do Brandon? You guys went to Montana, right? Yeah. We went to Montana and hung out there for uh, for a couple of days and came back on Monday and we're actually going right back up to Montana again this weekend for, for a family thing. So uh, putting the miles on, on the vehicle, that's for sure. You know, hey, I, guess, you go. I, I guess that's how they did it back in the day. You know, I, uh, as I talked to relatives in my family that are older, Oh yeah, we'd get in the car and drive eight hours and sit down for dinner and then drive home. I'm like, that sounds awful. <laughs> it sounds terrible, but yeah, I mean, just doing it, uh, just staying one night is just a lot of time in the car. I can't imagine going down and then coming right back. That would be, that'd be brutal. Yeah. Well, uh, before we dive into the official, you know, not the official, but, uh, our official start to the winter sports season on IdahoSports.com, Let's revisit real quick that three, a state football championship game from two weeks ago. We've kind of had time to process what happened. And for Weezer, the Wolverines, their first state championship since 1997, they win in double overtime over the three-time defending state champs from Sugar Salem. You and I were both at the game, Logan, and my goodness, it, it was by far the best championship of the weekend. Oh, yeah. No, hands down. Uh, it was a fantastic game. And going into it, this was the one I was most excited for out of all the state championships. It just You could just see it brewing with Sugar Salem upsetting Homedale, um, and then, you know, Homedale beat Weezer, and it was just – it was brewing to be – the best game of the weekend. And my goodness, it was, it was phenomenal. It was great to be there for that one. It was, uh, you know, tons of fans there at Holt arena. 
it was a great environment. And, you know, congratulations to Weezer for pulling off winning that state championship in double overtime. It is, it's tough. They, I mean, you think about how it, they got there. Um, they just, just phenomenal. That game, you know, Sugar Salem goes down late while Weezer up six. Sugar scores a touchdown. Uh, and then Weezer blocked the extra point, but it, they, 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 they threw a flag or a timeout. I can't remember. I think it was a timeout. So they, they had to replay it and they blocked it again. Uh, so they blocked the kick twice in a row to keep it tied. And that was, I think people forget about that part of the game was that that extra point is made. The game is essentially over unless Weezer goes down the field on a long drive to win it. Um, but they had to make a stop there and they did. And then they also made the stop at the biggest moment of the game uh, on the two point conversion in double overtime. What a scene that was. That was video that you shot for, for the IdahoSports.com social media accounts, Logan. You you were right there in the end zone for that final play. I know. I was in the right place at the right time for that one. Just It happened to occur right in front of me, um, and it was a great shot. And you can see it clear as day right there. I don't know if there's a better angle of it anywhere out there. There might be, but of Brett Spencer just bolting over. I mean, he wasn't near that receiver at all, that back. And he came out of that linebacker position, saw it developing. You can see him run before the pass is thrown. He sees it, and he read it like a book, and he stopped it. I mean, two feet, and you know, just just that much uh, separates you from from winning the state championship and going home a loser. Um, and he did it right there. He put his team on his back. Um, what a huge play that was for Brett Spencer. Yeah, and I guess I should clarify that uh, for those that are watching this prep cast on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, you just saw the game-winning uh, tackle in double overtime by Weezer's Brett Spencer. If you're listening to this podcast on IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, it's going to be a little tougher to follow along with. So I definitely uh, recommend, if you don't check out the video version of the prep cast, at least go to the IdahoSports.com Instagram account or yeah. Twitter account and and find that play to watch because it really was incredible. In fact, Logan, if it's all right with you, I want to play it again so people yeah. who haven't seen it can, can track Brett Spencer through yes. the entire play because the first time you see it, you're not really sure. It just happens. Yeah, watch in the middle of the screen, kind of towards the right. Don't watch the sugar defender on the left. Look for Brett Spencer, number two. Just watch and follow him. I mean, the the closing speed from Brett Spencer yeah. to make that tackle, just incredible. Yeah, and he is – I mean, that's a long way to go. And like, like I said, you can see him kind of waiting, and then he, he books it before the quarterback throws it. He knows where it's going. He follows him. He sees the outlet pass. And, man, yeah, he got over there fast. I'd be five yards away if that was me trying to chase him down. But, man, he turned on the jets and makes a huge stop when it matters. You, you think Brett Spencer, you think – Oh, he's gonna he's gonna do it with his legs. He's gonna do it with his arm. I mean, he did it, but probably the biggest play of the night. He 
comes up with right there uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, a couple of things that I think got lost in in the shuffle of that of that championship game. First of all, you mentioned the blocked PAT uh, that Weezer had at the very end of, of regulation or or towards the end of regulation. Uh, what happened was Weezer was trying to time the snap because they knew they needed to basically block the point after kick to to keep right. tied. So that first penalty was an offsides penalty against. That's what it was. I like, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was offsides. And and that's okay because you're moving it from the from the two to the one, you know, it's not hurting you. And yeah, you yeah. Might as well. Them. Right. And, and so they, they timed the jump again, a second time and blocked it. Uh, the second thing that people forget is that Weezer actually got the ball back with enough time. And Brett Spencer actually led the Wolverines into field goal range. And uh, the field goal attempt was missed at the end of regulation by Weezer, which sent the game to overtime. And then the third thing that people forget is that, on Weezer's possession in in the second overtime, you know they had they had a, a basically from like the fourteen yard line, right? You start at the ten in, in overtime. You're not supposed to work backwards, and yet yeah, they found themselves around the 14, 15 yard line. And Brett Spencer just fired a dart to his brother Brock Spencer to get Weezer's touchdown, which then led to that defensive play. Yeah, and it's crazy too because I think I think it was the first overtime, right, where there was fourth down and long. Yeah. And they threw it and it was incomplete and there was a there was a penalty. So they got another shot at it on fourth down and then they scored. So man, it was yeah, that's that right. That was the best game I think I've seen all season. That was that was phenomenal. I mean, that Meridian rigby game I did a couple weeks ago was awesome, but this might have topped it. Those were both fantastic games. So I mean, congratulations to Weezer. And then, you know, Brett Spencer, uh, he didn't just stop there, but uh he actually won the player of the game in the the shrine bowl this weekend that Paul and I did at Milton. That was a grinded out game um, that his team, I believe the West um, ended up, they were up 13 to zero. They lost the lead 14 to 13 and Brett Spencer leads a drive. Um, he's a, this is, this is a three, a, you know, quote three, a quarterback going in playing with four and five, a offensive line defenders, all of this. And he goes right in there and leads in his team down the field, scores the game winning touchdown to tie it up. And then they go for Well, they, they one point behind, they go for two to win it. And he throws a dart um, to Quentin Riley from Meridian to win the game. So, you know, he didn't stop there. He went and, and you know, just won the player of the game in the Shrine Bowl as well. Yeah, well, no surprise. He was our IdahoSports.com player of the game in that 3A championship win as well. He had three touchdowns through the air, two touchdowns on the ground. He had two interceptions on defense and then that game-winning tackle. You know, I think people kind of forgot that, you know, Brad Spencer was an all-state defensive back last year in his junior season. And then due to some really good performances at some passing camps on the summer circuit, that's when his stock as a quarterback really took off. And then all of a sudden people thought of him as this, oh yeah, he's a he's a big quarterback in Idaho, you know, offered him a scholarship. And I think people kind of forgot that he's still really good as a defensive back as well. Yeah, I mean, he could play. He showed right there that he he could play there and do it well. Uh, yeah, he, I think he had that. Was it an interception on the first drive of the game for Sugar Salem yes. that he he comes away with the interception after he scored a t- after he threw a touchdown and just a phenomenal athlete. And uh, I'm sure everybody else though in the three A SRV will be glad to see him go. Um, they won't miss him. Goodbye. See you. See you later. Um, <laughs> you know it, it stinks to lose an athlete like that, but everybody else is kind of saying, "Whew, we don't have to deal with that problem anymore." Well, I mean, you get rid of one Spencer and you get another one still He's for two more one, years. Yeah. 
Brock Spencer, only a sophomore this past year. So, and one last note on Weezer, Tom Harrison, legendary coach does it again. Career state title number 11 in, in the legendary career for coach Tom Harrison. Yeah. Phenomenal. Just, uh, just dominating the scene, just jumping around and no matter where he goes, he wins. So, you know, it was bound to happen for the Wolverines at some point. Um, and it happened this year. Yeah. 11th title now at four different schools, Raft River, Snake River, Pocatello, and now Weezer. Uh, speaking of Weezer, let's transition to the, to the basketball court and uh, girls basketball. That wasn't a great transition because Weezer is only one and two in girls hoops, but <laughs> um, yeah. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, Logan. I really don't like how girls basketball starts while football is still wrapping up because I feel like girls basketball, which should have the spotlight to themselves, yeah, lost in the shuffle a little bit. Yeah, it does a little bit. And like you said, I mean, Weezer, uh, they started off the season with a win over Nampa Christian. I mean, that was back on November 13th. Like they've been playing for two and a half weeks of basketball and you almost – it's like, oh, that was that long ago that they've been playing. And, um, yeah, it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle um, as to what's going on with girls' hoops. But, yeah, we're in the full swing of things. But on the contrary to Weezer losing those two games – or, you know, they, they've lost two games. They both came to Melba, who is all of a sudden looking just as scary as they did last year. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, let, let's, start with, let's start with Melba. We, we kind of touched on it. Two weeks ago, if you look at the 2A Western Idaho Conference standings right now, it is Melba at 4-0, and Ambrose is 4-0, and and Cole Valley Christian is 3-0. and This looks like it's going to be a good league. Yeah, and you look at the, you know, the, the, the coaches poll coming in, and Ambrose last year was 3-17. and uh, That's not good. <laughs> There's no way to make, you know, to put lipstick on that pig, that's not a great record. And now they come out on fire this season. And so now all of a sudden there's somebody else adding into the mix. Of course, Melba and Cole Valley Christian tied for first in that poll. Um, and now all of a sudden here's Ambrose saying, wait about it. Don't forget about us in here. And it's a pretty hot start for the 2A um, WIC so far this season. Well, and we'll find out pretty quick what what Ambrose is about because that, that 4-0 start came with wins over – 1A teams, right? They beat Riverstone, Greenleaf, Wilder, and Notice. Whereas Melba and Cole Valley are playing up, right? They're playing 3A schools. Uh, for Ambrose, uh, I know talking to the athletic director at the Ambrose school, uh, Kelly Barber, he actually was the girls' basketball coach for the past couple of seasons, and he's also the AD. Uh, he was very happy to tell me that after a couple of years off, uh, Jordan Tucker, who was previously the girls' coach, he's now back in his second stint leading the Archers, and I think it's been a good move uh, having Jordan Tucker back there as the head coach for the Ambrose girls program. Yeah. I mean, clearly paying, paying dividends already. I know you said that they were all one, a schools, but their wins, right? right. You know, some of those one, a schools are just as good. I think back a couple of years ago, that lakeside team from up North, I think they could have beaten two and three, a schools if they played them, uh, they were really good. And so, you know, same thing, Garden Valley boys last year. I, I'd like to see them play in the 3A conference. I'm sure they'd win some games. So it's good to get wins under your belt, no matter how they come. They will be helpful down the line, you know, giving your team a little confidence, saying, you know, we can do this. We can win these games. So it's a good start for Ambrose already, to, even though those are, you know, 1A schools, a little confidence under the belt there for the Archers. 
Definitely. And, and as we go through the winter, the winter months here on the prep cast, you know, we are, we're going to, we're going to try and keep things as relevant as, as we can, but with basketball, there's, there's so many games on so many different nights that, um, you'll, you'll just want to keep checking back on the standings page at idahosports.com because what we're talking about now might be different by tomorrow. For example, uh, for example, uh, Ambrose is playing new Plymouth in their first conference game, uh, Monday night or Tuesday night, the 30th. So by the time you're listening to this, that game will already be final and maybe Ambrose will be four and one. Maybe they'll be five and oh. So I would say just right. keep checking back at idahosports.com. Just make it your homepage, honestly, and check every day. We'll have all the scores, all the standings. We're starting to roll out. We've got all the girls basketball previews up. Uh, we're starting to roll out our boys basketball previews. So there's a lot going on at the site. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, you just got to keep checking back and, uh, and seeing what's out there, we'll have all the scores as soon as we know them, and you know, try to get to some of these basketball games as well to, to see if we can uh, bring them to you. I know in a couple of weeks we'll be there at Mountain View uh, when when there's the one A showcase where a couple of Treasure Valley teams will be playing in that tournament. Um, so all those games will be you know live and free on IdahoSports.com. So if you want to watch some great one A basketball from teams here in the Treasure Valley, you want to check that out. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I think that 2A WIC is going to be a lot of fun to watch this year with Melba, Cole Valley, Ambrose, Nampa Christian, and, and New Plymouth, too. You know, Coach uh, Denise Oliver uh, is is one of the better coaches around. And so New Plymouth is going to be right there in the mix as well. I, I think this league is going to be a lot of fun and very competitive each night. Yeah, New Plymouth, um, you know, they, they went to state last year. They were playing on Saturday. So you know that, that they did well, that they were in – competition they won a game at state they've got two key players back ebony shaw and jane gibson are back for the pilgrims so uh, you know watch out for them they could make some noise i think i think it's it's very top heavy there's a lot of really good teams in that 2a wic like i mean we've uh, we can hit on it all day but of course melba you know coming back to to do it all over again of course went in the state championship last year um you know their their sights are set high and they're gonna have a huge target on their back yeah, they did lose Kate Clark, who was such a phenomenal player. But Kendall Clark is back. They've got a lot of good players. G- give us a couple of players that you're keeping an eye on this year th- throughout the conference. Yeah, so, I mean, like you said, uh, Kendall Clark, Kylie uh, Wilson or Wisen, uh, Haley Arnold um, from Melba. Those are just a few of the names there. You look at Cole Valley Christian, uh, Lindsey Crow, Julie Caven. You know, they, they, there's a lot of names. Riley Traxler, just some of the names there from Cole Valley as well. And then you look down the list, you know, you've got Olivia Irwin from Nampa Christian who can get in there. Um, there then I mentioned Ebony Shaw and Jane Gibson from New Plymouth. Um, so I think that there's a lot of great athletes there in that 2A WIC or SIC, WIC, ugh, tongue-tied here, uh, this season that are going to come out and play very well this year. Um, and that's all you can ask for, right, is uh, having these, this strong competition and I mean, you can go down the list too. Marsing, uh, with with their great team. You know, last year they they were only one and nine in conference. You expect to see a little bit of progress there. Same with Compass Charter and Vision. Um, they've got good athletes coming back, and they should be in the mix uh, to maybe move up a little bit and show everybody that uh, they're much improved from last season. Yeah. So you mentioned Vision Charter at the end there. Uh, they're they're doing kind of a hybrid. JV varsity schedule this year. They they will be moving down to the one A D one ranks next year, mm-hmm. and because of that, they they thought it would be best to uh, play the JV teams 
in in the WIC. They're they're not going to be a, a varsity right. member of the conference. But uh, talking to their coach uh, Nick Marmon, he said that uh, we were able to schedule some varsity games against uh, some of the one AD one schools that we will be in in a league with next year, and that's going to give us a good barometer and a good test as we prepare for this transition. So, um, and that that one AD one conference that is uh, it's no joke. I mean, you look at the returning champ Liberty charter, you've got Rimrock and you've got notice in there. Those are the top three in the coaches poll, the preseason poll um, Rimrock and Liberty charter have just been kind of rocks for the last couple of years. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Liberty charter does without Madison Hodnett. She's gone. Um, she was phenomenal the past couple of years at Liberty charter. I think at one point she was averaging a triple double. Uh, she just, <laughs> and she can do it all. And and I did one of her games a couple years ago in the state uh, first round state tournament, and she almost had a triple-double in the first round of the state tournament as a junior. Um, and that's going to be a tough piece to replace for the Patriots. And I think that'll be a key story for them is how well it can they come back from that. Yes, and and Rimrock, of course, was, was such a great team last year. They're off to a 3-1 and one start so far. This season, the the loan setback was was a tight one to Richfield, which was a one AD two state qualifier last year. The Richfield man, because I did the one AD two girls state tournament last year. Richfield is a team that well, they are the best defensive team I've seen around, and and it's evidenced by the final score thirty five to twenty three. That's that's exactly what Richfield wants to do. Otherwise, Rimrock has put up forty nine, forty three, and forty. So this is a Rimrock offense that looks pretty good. Yeah, and Rimrock, they like to shoot the ball. They've done it well over the past couple years, and I expect them to come out and continue to shoot the ball well. And if they can do that, then they're going to win a lot of games. Uh, like I said, 21-3 and last year for the Raiders. Um, had a great run at State as well. Uh, maybe this is their year uh, without the you know, the problem of Madison Hodnett down low for Liberty Charter that uh, – you know, somebody else can get a rebound in a game and maybe they can overtake the Patriots this season. Yeah. And one final note on the 1A D1 uh, girls basketball scene in District 3. Uh, Centennial Baptist did not have enough players for their own team this year. So they kind of joined forces with Gem State. So uh, it's uh, Centennial Baptist along with Gem State uh, co oping for that program this year. Uh, I believe on the boys' side, uh, they are they have enough for their own team, Centennial Baptist and Gem State. But one note there, if people are looking and don't see Centennial Baptist, that's why they're they're playing with Gem State this season. So yeah, um that's a I hadn't heard that one. I knew that their numbers sometimes they fluctuate, sometimes they can field a team, sometimes they can't, but so watch out, Gem State. See what they can do with the <laughs> couple more athletes there. Definitely. Well, let's talk about the the one AD two. Let's talk about the long pin conference because I mean this is crazy how good District Three was in girls basketball last year, right? You talk about Melba winning the two A, Liberty Charter winning the one AD one, and then you had Tri Valley win the one AD two girls state title a year ago. Um, we saw in volleyball, right? They they won the volleyball title last year as well. It's tough to defend that crown. Horseshoe Bend uh, ultimately. Uh, not only upended Tri-Valley in the conference, but also won the state title. And we could see something similar in basketball. Tri-Valley lost a lot of talented players. In the they Oscar. did. I mean, yeah, you look at Emma Holland is gone. Uh, she was like one of, the, one of the key pieces 
to that team. And without her, I think they lost four seniors. Um, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, they're going to be good. Uh, there's no way they they can't be. You know, uh, they got Coach Jeff Springer back, of course. You know, they're bringing back some. You know, Abigail Atnip. She's a returning senior on that team. You've got uh, Marin Hansen as well. That she's back. So they're they, you know those those are people that have played in the state championship. They know what's going on. I know they lost a ton of seniors, but because of that, now is Council's time. I think I think this is Council's to win. They were so young last year, and they've got tons of players back. Um, I did a game um, up in Garden Valley last year where Council played Garden Valley, and you could just tell that 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 the talent was there. They just needed more time. Um, they were super young. Um, I look at Hope Zalman. Um, she's going to be difficult <laughs> for other teams to deal with down low and getting offensive rebounds. And I mean, she's a sophomore this year. Was only a freshman last year. And because of that, they got Rihanna, Rihanna Iveson. She's a sophomore. And then Michaela Hart is also a sophomore. So they've got three key players that are all sophomores. Um, there, you know, and then you throw into the Mitch mix your new coach, Paula Tucker. Um, watch out for the lumberjacks, or I guess the lady jacks, or I don't know what you call a lady lumberjack, but whatever. Um, they're gonna be tough this year. Yes. Um, yeah, we talked about in volleyball. Tri-Valley being down a little bit, that opened the door for a young Horseshoe Bend team, right? They had a lot of sophomores yeah. on their volleyball team. Same thing with Council. I think it's set up where Council could have a couple of years of success. Paula Tucker, we've talked about, one of the best uh, basketball coaches, boys or girls, um, in that area. And the interesting part is she, so she was previously the head coach at Salmon River. She's now moved over to Council. Her son, Levi Tucker, was the boys coach at Salmon River while Paula was the girls coach. Well, Paula left and Levi switched over to the girls side. So when so when Council and Salmon River meet up this year, that'll be mother against son. Paula Tucker yeah, against that, Levi Tucker. <laughs> that'll be fun. Uh we'd like to see that. Um that, that you know, that'll be fantastic and you know, you look around um around the conference as well. I mean, we talked about, you know, Tri-Valley losing Emma Holland as well as Josie Jones. That's that's going to be tough for them. Um, but for Garden Valley, you look at them and they have Katie Wentz back and they're kind of just quietly sitting there. Um, and, and, you know, I like Garden Valley. They just always seem to to exceed expectations and watch out for them to to be competitive. I, I really think, um, like we said, it's probably councils um, to win, but they've got to earn it. They haven't done it. It's not I think it's it's wide open, honestly, but I think I, I lean towards council to win it. But I think that there are going to be some teams in the mix um, that you maybe didn't see before. And I think you might even get a surprise team um, very possibly sneak their way into state this year. Yeah. Uh, Council 3-0, and Garden Valley 3-0, and Tri-Valley 2-0, and Horseshoe Bend yet to play. Uh, well, they've played, but we just. We haven't gotten their, their scores in yet, so <laughs> ignore that. <laughs> we'll get that updated. Um, we're, we're trying. Yes, uh, we with the holidays and, and football, a couple of scores slipped through the cracks. So uh, regardless, this is going to be a, a fun conference as well to to watch throughout the season. I, I completely agree. I talked about Katie Wentz at Garden Valley during volleyball season where she plays volleyball, basketball, uh does a spring sport as well. And it, you know, it's just, it feels like she's been there for 10 years. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's <laughs> well, it's funny. So during, um, I mean, we'll talk about 
boys basketball later, but uh, during that shrine game, um, uh, the, the, uh, the first one, the eight man shrine game um, during that car or Carson. What am I? Th- I'm, I'm all over the place, Brandon um, Hudson fields, right? So mm-hmm. Corbin fields um, was that garden Valley, you know, obviously just see, it seems like the fields have always, they've been there forever. And he was a senior playing in that game. And I'm like, he's a senior. He was always, to me, he was always the little brother to Hudson field or um, Corbin. I mean, he is the little brother, but I was just like, wow, he's a senior. I can't believe that, that (laughs) I thought he was way younger. Um, Anyways, you know, there's always just those athletes at garden Valley. Like you said, you look at their, their three wins, they beat Wilder by 15. They beat Greenleaf by almost 20 and they beat victory charter by 30. Um, So, you know, look out for the Wolverines to make some noise too. I, like I said, I think it's open. I think, um, if anybody wants it, they can earn it, the conference championship this year. Well, and pe- it's easy to forget that, that Garden Valley really w- was a good team last year and yeah. probably should have gone to state. They they lost to Richfield, that Richfield team that I was talking about earlier in the state play-in game, yeah. where Richfield basically came out and slowed the game down and said, we're going to make it ugly. And, and Garden Valley had you know just enough shots not fall to uh, – sit at home at state. And so tri Valley was the only team from the district that even went to state last year, which was uh, kind of surprising. Um, but so, so garden Valley is going to be motivated. No doubt about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right. Let's wrap up with the snake river Valley conference. The three, a ranks fruitland off to a three and one start. Otherwise everybody else below 500. Yeah. And I mean, you look at, you know, the surprising one to me, um, is Parma like Parma preseason favorite to win it all. Um, they're good every single year, but they come into it. They, they lost to Cole Valley Christian, uh, who's really good. And I think that speaks probably more to Cole Valley than it does to Parma. Um, and then of course they lost it to, to Emmett. And that's playing up a four, a school. I was, well, they, excuse me, they defeated Emmett. So they, they go and they beat a four, a school. And then they lose a close one to Grangeville, who you know was a state qualifier last year as well at the two A level. Uh, so they they've had some tough games that they've had to play so far. Um, so, but like you said, a little a little bit surprising to be honest to see them sitting at the at that point already, and then you add in that loss to Melba to open up the season as well. Well, two two of those three losses, you know, Parma's one and three. Two of their three losses came by by one possession, right? They lost to Melba 38-35, and then they mm-hmm. lost to Grangeville 46-44. to So, I mean, yeah. they're, they're close. I, I think Parma, they're just fine. They're, yeah, I think they'll they'll turn it around. Um, they, they've got, they just always reload um, with who they've got over there to play basketball in Parma. I don't know what factory they're, they're pumping them out of, but they're just <laughs> – they always find somebody that can shoot the three as well. They've got a couple of interesting games coming up. They'll take a road trip over to East Idaho. They're going to be at Sugar Salem uh, Friday, December 3rd, and then they will be at West Jefferson on Saturday, December 4th. That's a really good 3A program and a really solid 2A program from the East. It'll be a good measuring stick for Parma in the early going. Yeah, and they're going to need somebody to step up to replace Grace Jackson. I did one game where I don't think she – the basket must have been 10 feet wide for her. She was just dropping threes all over the place, making everything possible. 
And so now's the time somebody needs to step up and replace her as she was the rock to that team last year, you know, first team, all Idaho point guard and Grace Jackson. And um, that that's going to be a key place for the Panthers to replace this season. And and somebody's going to step up and do it, but you know, it's, it's remained to be seen who will do that this year. Yeah. Uh, Fruitland three and one, as we mentioned, uh, two of their three wins have come against four a schools, right? Valley view 49 to 18 Nampa 61 to 31. Now they did lose to Columbia, but Columbia made it to state last year as a four, eight team. No shame. And then a tight win over new Plymouth, which is, as we talked about a good two, a program Fruitland also heading East this weekend. Are they on the same schedule as Parma where they're playing West Jefferson Friday, Sugar Saturday. No, they're like, we're doing our own thing. We're going to yeah. play South Fremont Friday, December 3rd, and then Firth on Saturday, December 4th. That will also be an interesting challenge for the Grizzlies. Yeah, I always like to see these cross-state uh, games. Last year, South Fremont came over uh, and played at Parma. In a, I, I don't know if they played anybody else around, but that was a great game. We actually did that one on Idaho Sports. Uh, that was a really fun game. Um, but yeah, like you said, Fruitland off to a really good start with those wins. I mean, they they didn't just beat Nampa. Like they um, they took them out back behind the woodshed, beat them by 30 points, um, really put the hammer down. And like you said, losing to Columbia, but Columbia is a really good 4A team. Went to state last year. Uh, nothing to really hang your head on there. Um, they'll recover from this and they're going to be really good. You, you know, they've got uh, Abby Rubido. Back there, of course, she tore it up on the soccer field this year. Um, if she scores as many um, points in a basketball game as she does in a soccer game, they'll be fine. Um, and usually that's not true because if you you know, you know score one goal a game in soccer, but not when you're her and you score like seven goals a game or something like that. But you know she's going to be somebody to deal with for the Grizzlies as well this season. Yeah, well uh... – Two of the leaders that helped Fruitland win that girls soccer title, right? Abby uh, Rubido and Peyton Fritz, right? So they're they're obviously bringing that scoring prowess from the soccer field indoors to the basketball court. Uh, right. Fruitland was only picked fourth in the preseason coaches poll, yet they sit in first right now. Uh, it was Parma, then McCall Donnelly, and then Weezer. So uh, we'll see how everything shakes out as the season goes along. McCall Donnelly, one and two. I mean, they're in a tie for second place. And that's the thing early on, you can't take too much stock of the standings until they start playing conference games, which in some leagues will start this week. But for these three, a schools, they might have a right. conference game or two, but a lot of it's going to come after the new year. Yeah. And McCall Donnelly is one of those teams that I'm curious to see how they do this year. Um, they only played 12 games last year. I uh, really didn't, didn't play a ton of basketball went six and six. Um, we don't know if that was the, you know, were they really a 500 team or are they better than a 500 team? We don't know. Um, they just didn't play a lot of basketball. And so this year, way more normal. <laughs> and so we should see more of the Vandals and see what they're all about. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch girls basketball uh, really ramp up here in the month of December. This is really the big month where teams start to separate themselves a little bit. So uh, next week on the prep cast, we'll, we'll kind of break down what's going on in boys basketball. There's a, the, a smattering of games to open the season this week, um, but we can really dive into what's going on with boys basketball next week on the Treasure Valley prep cast. And again, we're going to be here each and every week. Uh, breaking down boys basketball, girls basketball, and wrestling for all of those smaller schools in the Treasure Valley. 
Four different ways you can get this podcast each week. Audio only at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. Video version as well on the idahosports.com YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. Logan, it's been a pleasure as always. Yep, it always is, Brandon. (laughs) All right, well, for Logan Green, I'm Brandon Bainey. It's good to be back after a week off. Thanks for listening uh, or watching to uh, the Treasure Valley PrepCast on idahosports.com.